Welcome to the Player 2 Podcast with Sean and Ian, where all we do is games. Today we've got Slackinator, multiple world record holder on games like Kung Fu, Jaws, and also the first person in the world to ever beat Ninja Gaiden, 100% true damageless. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on. How are you doing today, Slack? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. It, well, it's a little bit late, and I just got my kids to bed, and uh, we got a cup of coffee, and I'll be right as rain in no time. Well, well, I'm sure that coffee will kick in a little bit here. So, um, but first of all, just wanted to thank you for coming on the show here. Um, well, you know, thanks really for having you. I appreciate you. Yeah, you helping us out here. Uh, kind of want to talk a little bit with you about speed running. Uh, stuff you got going on, just the general speedrunning community, the future of it, and um, we'll go from there. Uh, how's that sound to you? All sounds awesome. Sounds fantastic. All right. All right. Uh, so you, you and I have known each other for about a year and a half, I think. Um, I actually met you when I was learning or wanting to learn the speedrun to Rygar. Uh, you reached out, and um, you know, I've kind of been a member of your community ever since. And, yeah, that's um, that's true. I guess I, I kind of forgot about the whole uh, forgot about Rygar. I just remember it being uh, before my channel ever needed any kind of moderators or anything, and uh, someone had mentioned something about needing moderators for the channel, and I was like, oh well, there's there's a couple guys that kind of jump out, and it, it was you and like uh, and like three or four other guys. I'm like, these guys just seem solid and i remember you'd only been in the in, in the chat maybe for a month or so or something like that but i'm like oh yeah rng like he's going to be one of them <laughs> that i can tell that's not going to be a doofus in my chat and can keep other people from being doofuses so uh but yeah and then i forgot yeah i forgot all about the yeah, rygar yeah i i, I try <laughs> you know that was about yeah about a year and a half ago but um mm -hmm. you know before that you know i'm sure you were just as active as you are now um now, how, how long were you how long have you been speed running before that even uh well i think here uh a couple months ago we did two years so uh probably you know 24 so probably the 26 28 months a little less than 30 months so, you know we haven't got to two and a half years uh and at the very beginning it wasn't i mean it was always speed running uh i used it as my my little out uh i had three young children uh, right back to back to back. My wife and I had three boys in three years. So uh, as a very young dad and with all of those kids, I was literally going insane. Like, you know, no time to, to myself. Like speed running the childhood. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, speed right? running fatherhood. Yeah, PB time right there. Three of them. <laughs> But uh, I, I felt like I needed, <laughs> I felt like I needed something. And um I kind of went back to my roots, you know, I, I grew up playing the NES and stuff. So uh, I started uh, playing the games and then remembering that I'd already played them all before. Like, what else can I do? And then that's when I started looking into to speed running was, you know, at that time. And what, what was the first speed run you, you did? Uh, I picked up Zelda 2. So uh, I was watching some runners and I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to play. I mean, I always liked Zelda 2. Uh, you know, the, the top down of Z1 and the game is really, really cool. But I liked the platforming and the combat that was in, uh, in Zelda 2. And one of, the, one of the things that really got me hooked was there was a runner at the time, uh, Lord of Ultima was uh i think second place in the world in in z2 and he had a run that he had recorded uh and then he had put up on youtube and it was him watching the run 
and then doing commentary over it. And when he was when he was doing the commentary, he was explaining everything. And all of a sudden, for me, is like a at that point a very casual, just like watching things. I could understand what he was doing and why he was doing it. And it was like, wow, holy cow! You know, I, I think I could actually do this because it was being explained in a way that made it did it made it not seem inhuman like oh we can actually do it and that's that's when i picked up z2 which is a terrible game to pick up off the start because it's like an hour and a half when you're <laughs> learning it just to do one completion uh and then that's that was when i moved you know I, I did z2 for a while and that's when i moved into uh kung fu being you know four minutes long it was a much better run to to start off and really grind for a good time yeah the, sh the short runs are nice did you have like an initial interest in z2 the reason why you kind of stuck and stuck to that over you know say super mario brother one or whatever have you yeah uh i can remember my brothers playing uh zelda 2 growing up that was one of the games you know uh i grew up on a dairy farm in pennsylvania like we didn't uh <laughs> we didn't have computers and stuff like we did have a nintendo and we cherished that as kids and my dad called it the damn nintendo like you know always getting mad at us for <laughs> for playing on it and stuff so um we i really did enjoy playing it but i was the youngest of five kids and i didn't get to play that much but i can always remember my brothers playing zelda 2 because it was it was a long enough game it was one of the games carts that we actually owned i just remember that like so vividly and then I can remember as we got older and, you know, I got into high school and uh, we started hearing about emulators and stuff. And I started to, you know, I got an emulator on my computer and I started to uh, play back through some of these games. And Zelda 2 is one of the ones that I did with my brothers as like, um, you know, not adults at the time, but, you know, we had gotten like older. A togetherness, like, like yeah, it kind of brought us sure. back together in our in our older childhood, so to speak. So, um, and you can even see it now. Uh, the two brothers that I played the game, <clears throat> excuse me, played back to the game with, uh, oftentimes frequent my stream as well. But those are the two that we went back through and and kind of regained a passion for that uh, retro stuff. And Z two is just always a really big one. So you know, with with a lot of games recently, I mean, it seems like. Every day, there's always some new breakthrough in some big saturated game. Mario 1, Mario 64, you know, all that stuff with these big breakthroughs. Uh, dream with the Minecraft drama, um, all that stuff. And, you know, now like, you know, 454 being possible on SMB1 is uh, pretty crazy to think about how much they keep whittling that down frame by frame to get that low. And um, it just seems like eventually there's not going to be anything left to do. You know, where, where, <laughs> where, where do you think speed running is going to go from here? I mean, what do you think they're just going to have to keep making new categories just to be able to keep the boards competitive? Well, you know, it's, it's one of them things where I am, I am completely with you. I feel like, uh, and I say it in my stream too. I feel like, uh, there's, there's an end it's, it's terminal, the, the world record. There's like, it, there's a limited commodity of them. And, uh, it actually leads to, uh, one of the, weird quirks that I have. If I get a world record in a video game, I don't play that game anymore. And I think RNG, you've noticed it, you know, throughout me running different games. Once I get a record, uh, some runners will grind it and, and just see how low they can take it. Uh, I feel kind of like we were just talking that uh, those records are limited. There's only so many of them out there and there's a lot of games. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I get a record in a game and I feel great about that. 
lowering the record doesn't feel as good as getting it. So I just leave it there. Let somebody else come in, learn the game, have the fun, get the grind, uh, and then get that feeling of, you know, taking a world record in a video game and then i'm going to come back and i'm going to try to beat them but up until that point you know i just kind of trade it back and forth because <laughs> like we said it is a it is a limited thing so uh as far as where i see speed running going i think that you never know i, I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere because we don't ever know if we've hit the end that's the problem i agree there is an end but we'll never know if we're there and we'll always be looking for something else and i think it's still pretty young uh pretty early to say that we've found uh you know everything in you know an smb1 I, I think that you never know what we might find we might find something that was unheard of that that drops it more time or maybe that one's at the end now i do see that uh there's challenges that are getting more and more popular. Like I did the the damageless uh, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, you see more people going for damageless runs or like uh, pacifist runs uh, or low percent. You know, we're running out of time to save doing it as fast as we can. Now we're giving ourselves <laughs> limitations so that we have to make it harder. And, and really, it all boils down to replay value in these games that we've, uh, you know, we grew up loving. So uh, I think whether we're speedrunning specific, we're always going to find a way to keep those games interesting. And that's that's a good point too. Categorizing your speedruns is a good way to kind of create longevity in the system. Essentially, you right. know, yeah, hundred percent or damageless. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, with with us agreeing that there is, you know, there is an end, even though it doesn't know where it is, you know, and speedrunning continue to gain popularity, you know, it's just, do you think the actual popularity is just going to plateau at some point? Or do you think it's going to continue to go up, going to kind of bell curve? Or how do you think the popularity is going to go? Esport level? <laughs> yeah, esport e level. I mean, you see a lot of it on GDQ and that yeah. kind of stuff. So there's always an audience for it. But how about for the players? Do you think the popularity, the number of players is going to continue to rise? I, I think it will to a point. But uh, I would imagine that it's got to hit some kind of a plateau. Uh, it, it's growing rapidly now because I feel like it's spread from retro to modern games. So, I mean, if you look, uh, when I started a couple of years ago and then, I mean, when that's, I mean, that's just for me, but people were speed running these retro games 10 years ago or 15 years ago, they were, you know, optimizing old games. And it wasn't until this last year that that speed running seed like seeped into games like you talked about Dream and Minecraft and some of these newer games. So I think that's where we're seeing the boom. You know, we're seeing it really uh, hit the audience of where the huge gaming market is. I mean, us retro players, we're this little tiny corner of the you know the gaming community over here, and I think the speed running. Uh, is just kind of reaching out to some of the bigger stuff. Now, uh, once it hits that, it, you know, maybe it'll, uh, I, I feel like it, it does have to plateau at some point in time, uh, but maybe it's like, uh, you know, other things in life, like fads that come and then maybe it'll fade away a little bit and then always come back. Uh, I think it'll always come back because, you know, we're always going to get new games and there's something about breathing life back into a game that you loved. And that's one thing that I think speedrunning really allows you to do. You play through a game. Ah, oh, it's the best game. I love that game. And once you 
once you've done it enough times and you've beat it this way or that way, or you've, you've done two or three playthroughs of it, you know, how else can you regain that love for the game when you go back through and see how fast you can do it so i think there'll always be people doing it this boom in the community you're probably right you'll probably see a plateau and it won't be quite as popular um i've had a lot of conversations not to to skip right on to what you were saying about the competitive side of it uh that's a really interesting uh a really interesting thought because you'll notice the one main difference between you see uh competitive gaming and you know what you see at gdqs is uh the 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 financial side for for runners or players uh with gdq it's all um you know through uh donations and all to charity uh all of those runners they you know they pay their way there right. uh there's no actual uh as a speed runner it's very difficult i think to get financially uh to get any kind of financial back to it. So I think that until we can find a way of packaging up speed running in a way that it can be beneficial to the runners to really put the time into it, uh, I don't know, competitions? I, I don't know how it would work. I'm really interested to see where that goes in the next few years because I think it's on on the way to being able to do something, but I don't know how they're going to package it. I think it's it's different than when you get five people playing against five other people in like call of duty and they just kill each other. They're, I mean, it's like, there's an, there's an easy way to split that into teams and make it uh, an enjoyable thing for people to watch a competition. You know, how do you do speed running competitions? Like how do you make that and monetize it for uh, an audience? I think that's a really tricky thing. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a lot of possibility for growth uh, just in that community in general for a lot of different factors. You know, you think back, 10 years ago you know you mentioned people have been running for for years on retro games super mario brothers so on and so forth social media youtube all that stuff i think is a massive contributor to these types of things taking off you know minecraft is huge it's one of the most viewed gaming content on youtube today you mix a little bit of speed running into that and now all of a sudden you've got a platform that could take off overnight uh so i think especially when you have large people like dream and you know that kind of thing you know backing Mm -hmm. it and active in the community when you get large creators that are backing a game and backing the speed run you're going to get people who are who want to get in on that community with them Mm -hmm. so earlier you mentioned you know your your ninja gaiden damageless run Mm -hmm. um Congratulations. So, yeah, congratulations on that. That was uh that was incredible. So um it, it's becoming kind of kind of funny because your record's already been broken now. Right. It's because it of the stress that you found out. <laughs> like you you were the the culprit in your own record getting broken. And uh <laughs> It's funny because that was never it was never a record. I mean, it was never I never did that for any kind of a speed running sense. It, it's the same thing we just talked about. It's it's breathing life back into the game, and that was actually uh, I'm trying to think, and I, I probably am wrong, but it's just the way I'm remembering it. Uh, we were playing on the stream. I was I was running something, and I was talking about kung fu. I think. Uh, and I, I hold record in, in, in Kung Fu and I've done, uh, at the time I had done Kung Fu game A, uh, damageless, uh, and I was thinking about maybe doing game B and, uh, because I had run Ninja Gaiden, there's quite a few people in the chat, uh, that really like Ninja Gaiden. Someone had mentioned doing it damageless and that, that was where like, 
the snowball started. Like this little snowball was pushed off the mountain at that point. And the conversation turned into whether it was possible and no, it's not possible. And, you know, there's no way to do it because you'll always take damage from the demon head. And well, wait, maybe you could jump over it. And then I came in. No, I know you can't jump over it. I've tried it. And then someone said, well, Arcus one time, you know, was able to kill the head. And I'd never heard that before. I'd never heard of anybody actually killing it. And uh, on that stream, uh, someone got the clip of Arcus, you know, getting the mash and killing the head. And that's when that snowball in my brain really like got speed and like grew. Because as soon as I saw that, I knew in my mind, like, that's that is that's possible now like why doesn't anybody do this why is no one jumping on this thing that it's obvious that it is possible because someone did it and when i was talking about it it was all because logistically it would it's almost feels like it would be impossible you'd have to play the game so much just to be able to get through the game itself without ever taking any damage. And then to see Arcus, who's got a great mash over and over and over, try this demon head and eventually kill it. It makes you think, well, I'm going to have to beat the game perfect a hundred times just to even try to, to get the, or just to get one time. Get one the try. Kill. And then if you have a bad pattern, if you know, maybe the listeners are not familiar with Ninja Gaiden, but the final boss, the demon, uh, as you're fighting it, is throwing these little projectiles just randomly everywhere, like a kid having a temper tantrum throwing his toys. They're just going everywhere, and they're these little shrimp-looking things. The shrimps. <laughs> and they're completely, well, technically we can't say they're completely random, but they are very seem very, very random. And if you get a bad pattern, you can do everything perfect. You can get through the entire game never getting touched. You can perform this very unlikely, difficult demon head kill and then have a shrimp land on your head and ruin it. And that actually happened to me uh, in, in one of my runs. And it was devastating because there was nothing I could do about it. It was rolling that die. After all you've done, you still had to roll the die. And I think that's why everyone just put a check mark on this. Uh, to give some contact for our listeners at home, uh, how how long is that playthrough uh, in a speedrun fashion? Uh, this the optimized speedrun uh, for any percent is eleven minutes and thirty eight seconds is uh, held by. Oh, Arcus. okay. So not, but, not horrifying. Well, that's because in a lot of cases we take damage boosts, and in a damageless run, we have to eliminate the damage boost. That does slow it down quite a bit. My uh, my playthrough, I figured, would be about 15 minutes. So about 15 minutes. And this was my quick math when I was starting this. Uh, so I wanted it to be in between 15 and 20 minutes. Uh, I wanted, before I would ever attempt it, to be able to get consistent enough to be able to perform the demon head kill uh, about one out of every 20 tries. Because that way I figured <laughs> if I could get there 20 times, at least I would be able to kill it once. And it would only take me 15 minutes to get there if I devised what I believe to be the easiest way to beat Ninja Gaiden without getting hit, which just sounds silly when I'm talking about it right now. The easiest way to beat Ninja Gaiden <laughs> without ever taking any damage. But that's that was really my goal. It was One of the hardest games. Yeah, it was to try to get there as much as I could because I knew it was going to take a lot of tries once I got there. So 
tell, tell me a little bit about the strat that it takes to kill the demon head. I, you got to mash. Well, what, what's the rate that you have to hit the button? It's like, what, 15 mashes a second or something like that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, in order to uh, do what they call slash canceling, uh, if you just press the B button while you're in the air, uh, reuse slashes, but it, it, it has an animation of the sword coming out and there's a certain amount of frames that that takes. Uh, if you actually press the down button with the slash button, which is the B button, it cancels that animation and allows you to do it, uh, as fast as you can press the button. Basically, uh, every, every other frame, you have to have a frame that you're pressing the button a frame that you're not pressing and a frame that you're pressing, uh, the NES runs at 60 frames a second, which means technically you could uh, have Ryu swinging 30 times in a second. The human body is not going to be able to do it that fast, but with the TAS, the uh, tool-assisted speed run, where we program a computer to do it, uh, we know that that is possible. So in order to do this mash, uh, you hold it, you, like you had mentioned, you hold the controller a bit funky. You hold it sideways so that you can shape your finger or your hand kind of like a C. And uh, your thumb hits the down button and uh, your, either your pointer finger or your middle finger hits the B button. And we're going we're gonna to try to mash that. And by mash, I mean we're just going to try to hit him as fast as we possibly can. Um, and the, the way that the head actually is able to be killed is uh, the head of the demon and the tail and the heart of the demon are the three places that you can hit on the demon. Each of those places have 16 hit points. Only the heart's hit points are visible to the, to the player. So we can see the heart's hit points, and once we kill the heart, the fight is over and we win. But there is the head and the tail. Well, as we approached it just casually as kids and in, in what we knew uh, for a long time, you would hit the head, and after you hit the head 11 times, it would fall off of the body, it would roll towards you, or kind of like jaw crawl at you, uh, and then it would hit you. And this damage was always thought to be unavoidable. You, you can't do anything about that. And then you would walk up, it took 16 slices to kill the tail, you could get past the tail, and then you could attack the heart you know, and beat the demon. And there were some runs out there that were quote-unquote damageless, minus this one bit of damage that you got from the head when it fell off. Uh, and what we eventually found uh, was that if you could mash fast enough, like I explained, you could, after hitting the head the 10th time, you could jump up and hit the head 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, all as you were falling. And you could hit it enough times to actually kill it before it came at you. Uh, and that's that's what was ended up being required. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it as easy to uh, for viewers as possible by uh, or for listeners as possible. If you want to kill the head before it hits the ground, you have to press the buttons 15 times a second. So uh, that's at a rate of 15 presses a second. The head takes uh, a third of a second to fall, and you have to hit it five times. So the math becomes 15 presses a second. Now you can hit the head once you land on the ground. The problem is when you land on the ground and press the B button, the game takes, uh, I believe it to be seven frames for the sword to actually come out. And once the head lands, it starts coming at you. And I believe you only have about 10 frames before it hits you which means in the middle of your arm vibrating while you're trying to hit the buttons as fast as possible to get a hit on the ground, you must land on the ground 
and make sure that you're pressing the B button within the first three frames that you've landed on the ground. That's the way that most of us do it. In my run, I have a ground hit. Uh, in Checks 48, the, the guy that just completed again, he has a ground hit. Uh, but it is not guaranteed because if your pattern and your vibration is not good, you can land on the ground, swing, and completely miss and, and have it hit you. So I tell people, if you want a guaranteed kill, it requires you to mash it 15 presses a second. The least amount is about 12 presses a second. So you can be as slow as 12 a second uh, and still get the kill, which is still really fast. It's crazy that 12 a second is slow, right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the slowest you can go. So so after you completed this run, you you woke up one night, in the middle of the night, you must have been dreaming about Ninja Gaiden and you came up with some new strat that is much more consistent? That's actually, uh, well, kind, kind of in, in, in yes and no. So uh, what it was is there's a, there's a great Ninja Gaiden community. And this is one of the things that I love the most about, uh, I don't know if it's speedrunning across the board, but at least from the retro community and the people that I know, the community is just so great. There's a Discord for Ninja Gaiden, uh, and in there is just a very positive place for people. They get in there, they want to learn the game. Everybody that plays the game, maybe not everybody, but most of the people that play the game are there. We help each other out. We share strats. We share findings. Uh, we, we just kind of work as a team. I always say it's us versus the games. At this point, that's the way I like it to be. Uh, there's not a competitive nature to be like the highest on the list. It's like, how can we as a group, you know, get better? So this, this Discord, they're always posting new things. And uh, a runner by the name of Lane Rainer, uh, he's gotten very good at Ninja Gaiden uh, over the last uh, year or so. And uh, kind of got a, a neat outside of the box way of thinking, which is really important for a community that's trying to lower, uh, you know, a time and a speed run or trying to think of new things. Uh, oftentimes I say that speedrunners get tractor beamed. Like we, we think about it the exact same way over and over and over again so much that we cannot pull ourselves out of what we know and consider something a little odd. When what he told me was he was thinking about trying this damage list and he was getting pretty good at killing the head from a save state. So he could do it pretty, pretty good from a save state. But once you add the 15 minutes or you know 13 to 15 minutes it takes to get to the end and you've done it damageless and you've killed Jakio, the, the second to last form of the boss damageless, your heart is beating out of your chest. Your hands are shaking. You're trembling. And now you're trying to do this very precise thing. And he mentioned in the, the Discord, he says, do you think it would be okay if I pause the game? That's, that, that's what he mentioned. I was like, well, sure, it's not a speed. I mean, it, it's a speed run. So if you pause the game, like for me, time was never a thing. I just wanted to do it. But I said, sure, if you, if you pause the game, the, the timer still runs. Take a half hour. I don't care. I mean, I don't think anybody would fault you for, for taking time. It would just make your time slower because he thought if he could compose himself. So what he wanted to do was he wanted to start the demon fight. And the way that we normally set up the demon fight is we, we get all the hits on the head except for either the last one to knock it down or maybe the last two hits, you know, maybe hit 10 and uh, uh, yeah, hit 10 and 11, we leave them or maybe just hit 11. Uh, so he wanted to jump up and get those prep hits, we call it, 
and then land and pause the game and then just like shake his arms out and get relaxed and get into a, a zone and, and, and mash and, and get everything going and then unpause the game and, and try it. That's what he wanted to do. And he was wondering if that would be, you know, okay to do. And I thought that'd be, that would be fine. I think I was thinking about, I think a lot about video games and, and strats and stuff as I'm sleeping or I wake up and laying in bed. And I thought, well, what if we paused at the, at a different time? What, what if we paused right before the mash? Because the, the main challenge in uh, in getting the mash perfect, uh, and let me clarify a little bit about a mash for people that may not uh, be uh, understanding it completely. If you take your arm and you rest your finger like really gently on a table and then just try to tighten your arm up really, really, really tight, your finger will tremble a little bit. It'll vibrate a little bit. That's the mash. What we're doing is we're holding our hands just off of the buttons and then you flex your shoulder, your elbow, you do everything and you try your best to make your body tremble. And that's the vibration that you're creating. Well, to jump up in the air and then take that vibration that is zero, it's turned off. And to turn it on exactly at the right time and have the rhythm perfect is where this becomes so difficult. But I realized that if I jumped up and paused the game at the top of the jump, I could vibrate, I could get my hand on the controller and start my arm vibrating and just get everything doing exactly what I want. And then when it felt really good, I could just unpause the game. And then I was right there in a good mash rhythm and my, uh, my success rate, uh, skyrocketed. I'm talking, uh, getting one out of 20 to getting 10 in a row. Like it, it is now a strat that I think that people can use. And you guys will see a lot more people, uh, being able to, you know, get their run in and, and damage those Ninja Gaiden, but it all came because someone was just kind of thinking outside of the box. And then I took that idea and just tweaked it a little bit. When you finally did finish your run, I, I've seen the clip multiple times. Um, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of people that have seen the clip, and you know, uh, of you just kind of popping off a little bit when you <laughs> finally got when you finally got that uh, that kill. You know, you, you said in the in the video that you didn't think you were ever going to get it. You know, like what was it like to do what you didn't think you were going to be able to do? You know. I've, uh, most of the things that I've done in my life, I've, I've had a, I've had a certain amount of confidence and there was something about that run that I wasn't sure it was ever going to happen. And I can remember thinking to myself, okay, how am I going to let people down? Like I've told people I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to drive. <laughs> how am I going to tell them when it doesn't like that thought crossed my mind of, I was trying to prepare myself to be able to be like, all right, guys, <laughs> we've tried this for seven years. It's time to quit. You know, I got to be done. So I was actually <laughs> thinking about that in the back of my mind. And that's why I said that in the video, because I did believe that this was something that I may not be able to do. Uh, and I was completely in shock when it happened uh, because it was the first run of that day. It was a warm up run. I had taken like 45 seconds between levels two and three and was like talking with chat and like drinking coffee and hey guys how you doing like it was not supposed to be the run it was not supposed to be it at all uh so it was completely blew me away when the head popped like when it actually exploded and i killed it and then i went into like okay what the hell this is gonna happen 
And we talked earlier about the the shrimp, you know, the the random firing of these. Uh, oftentimes, you can get a really aggressive shrimp pattern and a pretty passive one. And I got like the easiest one, like it just it, the the stars aligned. Uh, and when it, when it was over with, I I don't know. Uh, it's weird. You get into those situations. You, you don't. You can never expect what's going to happen. I was just blown away that, you know, that it had actually happened. And I remember just like overwhelming joy, just being so happy, uh, mainly because not only did I not think I was going to do it, but then I had this weight off of my back. I'm like, I did it. I don't have to worry about not being able to do it anymore. It's done. I can take this and put it up on a shelf and be like, I never have to ever put myself through that ever again. So there was a lot of relief as well. It, it was a very impressive run. So again, congratulations on that. The first, thank you, first ever true damageless run it's, of. Ninja it's Gaiden. impressive. If if you guys haven't watched it, uh, seek it out. Slackinator Ninja Gaiden, damageless run. Find it. Watch it. It's good. It's good. Uh, good show. So you mentioned, you know, uh, fin- finishing something like Ninja Gaiden. You put it up on your shelf like a trophy, and you you uh, let it collect dust essentially. Uh, How do you decide to to move on (laughs) to your next project? What becomes your next game? Where do you, how do you uh, tractor beam, as you say, for that? So um, I really enjoy uh, finding things in games. I really enjoy the development of them. Uh, A lot, as we've talked earlier, a lot of the any percent uh, retro speed runs uh have been really optimized so i'm having fun with looking outside of the box uh and doing like some of this damageless stuff um i hold the record on speedrun.com for double dragon on the nes someone had mentioned double dragon damage okay and uh the the initial response was that's not possible well obviously that got me a little hooked on that uh and it, it is absolutely possible. And I, I believe it to be uh, not nothing is as difficult in Double Dragon as the Demon Head is in, in Ninja Gaiden. But I think it's going to take me longer just because of how unfair the, the game as a whole can be. Uh, you just you, you put yourself in one wrong position and, and you'll end up getting hit. So, uh, but yeah, I look onto projects like that. I also do. Um, we call it a 90 day challenge. It was a, 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 initially it was brought on by Weevilo of doom. One of the viewers in uh, my stream, he challenged me to see how fast I could get at 90 or uh, Ninja Gaiden in 90 days. And we've carried on that tradition. So I'll, uh, I'll pull in a new retro game uh, that I've never done a speed run of before. That's, that's a highly optimized game. And instead of like grinding it for a world record, the goal is how fast can I go how fast can I learn the game and what kind of time I can get at the end of the 90 days? So, you know, that's another thing. Uh, I like challenges. I like to box things up in little little things like that. So with a 90-day challenge, uh, Damageless Double Dragon, and then, uh, you know, I, I, I do know uh, 10 or so retro speedruns, and I like to go back through them and get, uh, you know, new personal best times. So I could always go back to my favorites, you know, Zelda 2, uh, I'm a big fan of Rygar. Um, so, I, you know, Castlevania is, is another really great speed run. So I, I have those to to uh, fall back to as well. So right now you're working on Kid Icarus. You're 
Yeah, what sixty five days into it? Is that about I, right? I think I, I think we're we're at day sixty eight now. Uh, we're fifth on the leaderboard. Uh, so we're I, I'm I'm hoping to maybe bump up another spot, maybe two, but uh, I'll be very happy with getting fourth on the leaderboard in, in the ninety days. Uh, but I have got a little sidetracked. This is really how things normally happen. I had somebody because uh, I'm doing Damageless Double Dragon as well. I don't remember who it was said, well, why don't you just beat Double Dragon with just the headbutt? Well, now I'm doing that as well. So I've been, <laughs> I've been routing uh, Double Dragon for what we're, what we're terming as the forehead of justice, which is going through Double Dragon and beating the entire game only using the front part of our face. <laughs> so that's that's another thing that's that's kind of going on as more of a joke it's a it's a redemption on the channel so uh someone can redeem one run of the forehead of justice and that's actually that you know and this is really an interesting thing because doing the forehead percent i guess headbutt percent of double dragon i've actually found <laughs> two new strats that can save time uh, theoretical time saves for any percent because I went looking in a place that I had no business looking in. Like there would have been no reason to look in these places, but I was doing it to try to find a safe way to use my face to kill enemies. And all of a sudden I, I found new things. So, and that's why when we talked earlier about, you know, will we, you know, will games ever reach their, their final uh, end with a speed run? You know, we may never know because we may not be looking in the right place. Uh, we may not have always be able to find all those things. I mean, I put myself out of position where I had never been before and I ended up having enemies despawn and I never had to fight them. So I ended up being able to go faster. I wouldn't have never went into this, done it this way if I wasn't trying to headbutt everybody. So that's just, you know, it's another thing that we we get into is by, you know, thinking outside of the box and. I don't know. Forehead of Justice. It's a lot of fun. That's a good one. I like that. Sorry, I got I got one one little question in, in right. relation to that. Uh, you know, following up with uh, picking a new game and stuff. Is there is there one game on your list that you've played in your life or that you're looking forward to playing that you won't do a speed run or a challenge? Something that you hold on another level? Like this is my favorite game. I can't. I can't do that. Oh, I, I would say no. I think that one of the things about uh, this me speedrunning a game is like honoring that game. I like to choose games. Okay. So it's, it's almost if I really like a game, I want to do that to it. I want to dive in and know all of its little parts. A couple of them I'm really excited about. Uh, Zelda 1 for sure. Uh, Z1 was a game that I really loved as a kid as well. Uh, and that is a game that uh, we talk about Super Mario Brothers. Uh, that is a game that is on the same tier where it comes with runners that have put so much of their time and their life into it to to just really make a masterpiece out of the routing. I'm very excited. I get really, really excited to think about that. And Super Mario Brothers is another one. Uh, one game that I don't know if I want to ever run is Battletoads. Not because... I think the okay. run would be so bad, 
uh, not not for the difficulty factor. It's just for the fact that I hate that game. <laughs> As a kid, it tortured me so much <laughs> that I just don't like it. And I don't know if I want to give it the honor of being a game that I speed run. And, and I mean, in all honesty, it's not really that bad of a game. But I think there's a good majority of people that had bad experiences with that game growing up. Uh, I think anybody that knows the name Battletoad, uh, whether you've experienced it in your life or you were ever a GameStop employee and got that phone call, uh, <laughs> then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's cool to that you look at it as like a personal life platinum trophy or whatever have you. So do you know what uh, what game's next for you after Kid Icarus? I know I've made some suggestions, but do you, do you have an idea of what uh, what your next triumph will be? Um, at this point, I do want to do. Uh, yeah, I've got some. I've got some. My sights set on some damageless runs uh, of some of the runs that I already speed run. Uh, whether it be you know finishing out the Double Dragon series, I'd really like to do Ninja Gaiden the the entire series. I've got this now that you know you always want to set the bar higher. Now that I realize that Ninja Gaiden can be beat more consistent uh, consistency is, a, is probably not a good way of saying it uh it, it's more likely that you can beat it and the ninja gaiden one being the hardest uh i'm wondering if there's any way that you could pair them learn all three of them and then bite your lip and do all three of them in one consecutive like all three of them damageless at one time that may be dumb but i that's Yikes. something i've been thinking about but as far as speed runs go um I think I'm going to put up on the channel, I'm going to put up five to choose from uh, for the 90-day challenge. Uh, and they're not set in stone, but I'm thinking uh, Contra. Contra speedrun is so nice. It's such a good run. Uh, SMB1. That's been my suggestion, so that, I'll, I'll put my vote in for that one. Yeah, <laughs> Contra is such a, is such a good run. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 1, uh, Z1. A Punch-Out, I think, would be fun. Uh, I was never a huge fan of Punch Out, but the one thing that I think would be interesting about that speed run is because it works off of the clock in the game, uh, you can take as much break as you want in between uh, in between bouts. So one of the things that I love about Twitch and I love about streaming is the chat and the community and the people and, and talking to people and, and, and meeting new people and the fun conversations we have in chat. Uh, that's why I do it. I mean, that, that's really, I started out playing the games and now I just like getting on there and saying good morning to everybody and sitting down and doing silly things in, on the NES. And I think that punch out will give me the ability to do that a little bit more relaxed and still be doing a, a speed run. So punch out is, is definitely another one. And, uh, ooh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the fifth one that I had. So I had what was the fifth? What was that fifth game? It was another big one. Metroid. Metroid is. Well, the if you plan game. on doing Punch Out at some point, you're not going to be able to do the blindfolded Punch Out. Otherwise, <laughs> you won't be able to read chat anymore. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. Have you seen that, that blindfolded yes. Punch Out run? Yes. Well, then the the blindfolded the one that, that was is a couple insane. years ago. Uh, there was uh, blindfolded uh, two players, one controller. Where where Sinister one. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm just drawing a blank now, but yeah, they sat down. One person was a and B and the other person was the D pad. They were both blindfolded and they beat punch out. 
I don't know if I have the the wow. capability to remove my <laughs> eyesight from a game and do that. That just I don't seems... know if I have the friendship. <laughs> you don't know a single. I can't beat it by myself, there. not blindfolded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, to kind of shift gears here a little bit, you know the the past year has been kind of a crazy year. Um, you know, a lot more people having to stay indoors, a lot of stuff shutting down. You know, and a lot of you know hobbies and things that we normally do just kind of taking the the back seat to you know everything's going on with the covid and quarantine and right, all that right. stuff and i know that you're you love hiking and i do that, that's kind of been off of your plate here for the last year because because of covid and i know you're, you're just itching to kind of get back on the trail because you were a guide for for a while and uh you know what's right. uh, what, what's gonna take for you to get back on the trail um, well, hopefully as things, as things open up a little bit, uh, I have been able to do uh, a little bit of hiking with the kids. It actually kind of was a, was a blessing, uh, because having this happen, uh, I've been able to spend, I, my kids are two, three and four years old. So I get to spend a lot of extra time at home. Uh, I've been able to put a lot more time into, uh, the Twitch stream. So it kind of worked out, but, uh, yeah, so um, my wife and I did a through hike of the Appalachian Trail in 2015, and that's when I started. Uh, I have a YouTube channel where we uh, I do. Um, it's called Between the Blazes. We do um, hiking videos, uh, tip videos, different uh, videos of people telling hiking stories, stuff like that. And I go to a couple different hiking festivals every year. I work with the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. I I make replica trail signs in my wood shop, and that was like this big thing. This is my life. Uh, and at, back home, I worked at, a an outfitters where I did workshops. Uh, I taught people how to hike, how to camp, uh, leave no trace principles. Uh, and then I did guided hikes and guided, uh, overnight backpacking trips. And I taught a class through the, the local high school on, uh, planning trips and stuff. And last year, all of that was completely stopped. Uh, so because it wasn't a, it wasn't a big money maker for the the outfitters uh they were it wasn't something that they needed to do it was just a thing that they offered in the community and everyone really liked it uh but because of of covid it was just this is something that we shouldn't be doing right now uh and that's been it has been tricky uh to kind of give up on that thing that uh i had been pouring my life into but it was nice that well when i couldn't pour into that cup you know, Twitch came along and retro gaming came along and I was able to, you know, pour myself into another uh, passion. I think that uh, they're going to find out, hopefully they'll find like this equilibrium as, as uh, the trails open back up and we get to be able to go back outside. Hopefully I can kind of uh, work both of them. Uh, I probably, I probably will stick more in with retro gaming and, and Twitch and streaming. Uh, it allows me to be around my kids a little bit more, uh, and it's not as it's time consuming. But hiking, I mean, oftentimes I would do like a two three day backpacking trip, and I was gone for the entire weekend, and it's just it was a little bit more uh, time consuming. And this way, I get to do the hiking and stuff, but I just do it with my family instead. So I still get you know, to fulfill that need to get out in the woods and to uh, to stretch my legs and climb a mountain but I get to do it with my family and yeah, I'm not getting paid to do it, 
but uh, it's, it's almost better. Uh, it's almost better, I think, in the end. Yeah, yeah there's no yeah. price on family time. Right, and you're passing so, on a legacy in a way too, teaching your your boys how to hike and leave no trace, and all those things that you're teaching other people. You're passing them on to somebody that hopefully will be able to when the world normalizes again, be able to right. continue to pass that on. So I know, like a month ago, you know, we were having a discussion in your stream about how much you miss getting back on the trail, and you know, your your ultimate goal was to do. What was the name of the? It's like around the Grand Canyon or something. It's like a sixty mile or <laughs> well, I've some got kind a, of like death hike. <laughs> it's called the Death March. Yes, it is. So Death uh, March. There it is. It death, sounds death sounds fucking, fluffy and fun. It sounds so delightful, doesn't it? Oh, just go out. <laughs> we'll just go out on a Sunday afternoon and we'll do the Death March. It'll be death fabulous, March, honey. <laughs> so uh, just I like, know we we, uh, we came ahead. up with the idea of getting a treadmill for you to do on stream and it looks like you you've been doing that has that has that been helping you get back on track like kind of getting you at least moving and building up that stamina yeah absolutely uh i'm able to pull the treadmill out and i can't do like any uh, runs like i don't feel comfortable like having to really focus on the run because i feel like i'll step off the treadmill and slip and fall and break my neck uh but i warm up like i'll so no treadmill percent then yeah, no treadmill. <laughs> not right now, but I'll, I'll warm up on the treadmill uh, while I'm while I'm warming up the fingers and, and maybe working on strategies and games. But uh, just like the games, the the hiking has always been a challenge. And, you know, the through hike of the AT is a is a six month journey. It's twenty two hundred miles. My wife and I lived in a tent, you know, for six months and walked up the 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 coast where. Hiking now for me, because of the kids, is extreme challenges in very, very small packages. So uh, the one of the last ones I did was the winter. Uh, was a, it's called the Four State Challenge. You start in uh, in Virginia, and you hike from Virginia through West Virginia. Uh, through Maryland and into Pennsylvania, and you step foot in four states, and you try to do it in 24 hours. It's 45 miles on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, we, a buddy of mine, wanted to make it a little harder, so we did it in February, uh, in the in the dead of winter, and uh, a lot of it was at was at <laughs> night. But that was that was a really uh, a cool experience, and it, it got me kind of hooked into these more extreme uh, challenges when it comes to short short time frames, lots of miles. And uh, the death march is uh, from one side of the Grand Canyon. You go down into the Grand Canyon, up the other side. So rim to rim, and then you go back again, rim to rim to rim. And uh, I believe it's 62 miles on the trail that uh, we would be using. And you try to do it in 24 hours. So uh, maybe it's 64, 62 or 64 miles, and you try to do it in, in 24 hours. That's That would be my dream challenge to try to tackle i am in nowhere near any kind of shape to do that right now no <laughs> no way not possible oh no now it's impossible i love how you're talking about the balance of you know uh what was once your work with with the hiking and and speed running your jobs balancing out in life but you've balanced out your goals for both of them hiking is now a speed run for you it, it kind of is in a way uh, <laughs> you try to get as much in as, as you can, as, as fast as you can. Uh, there actually is, this is, this is very interesting because there is uh, a group of people. W what is it about uh, mankind that has to do, has to optimize everything? Uh, 
every hiking trail has a, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, FKT fastest known time. Uh, so where there's a speed running world record, Jeez. all hike is, <laughs> all hiking trails have a, so there's a, there's a leaderboard time. on the trails. There, no, there's a whole website. There's a leaderboard. There's everything. And let's you could hear how absurd this is. Uh, I can't even remember now what the fastest time for the Appalachian Trail is. You got to remember, this is 2,200 miles, but I believe the fastest time is like 43 days. And don't don't quote me on that. It's changed over the years. I could be wrong. I could be way off. I can't remember. But it is something like just over 40 days. That's averaging. I mean, you try to do the math. That's over 50 miles every single day for over a month. Who are these people? Like, how do they do that? But I would like to challenge (laughs) them to a game of Double Dragon, you know. I mean. (laughs) Headbutt percent. Right, exactly. (laughs) Oh, you can walk a long ways, but try to beat everybody with your face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's all we got for you today, Slack. Um, You know, for the people at home, uh, why don't you tell them, uh, where where can they find you? Where, if they want to watch Slack, if they want to chat with them, where can they find you, Slack? Uh, Very easy, twitch.com. TV backslash Slackinator. Uh, and then there's also a Slackinator uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and then I do have a Twitter account that I don't really ever use, but you can you can see me do tweets on there, you know, monthly, maybe <laughs> something like that. But yeah, those are two <laughs> great places to go. Uh, if you're interested in some of the hiking stuff, uh, Between the Blazes on YouTube is our, is our hiking channel. Uh, we've got a, a 30... I think it's a, like a 36 part video series of the the entire through hike. So I, I did do a video documentary of the through hike from Georgia to Maine. Uh, it's a pretty interesting watch uh, to see two people hike across the country and dwindle away to about nothing. Uh, I, I lost about 40 pounds on that trip. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to see from the beginning to the end. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's about the best two places there is the YouTube and uh, on Twitch. Fantastic. Perfect. Well, again, I'd like to thank you for coming on Slack. I know, uh, yeah, my you know it's a little bit late for you normally, but uh, I, I appreciate it. It was uh, it's great talking to you. I'm very excited for what's coming up for your stream. I know, you know the Ninja Guide and the Carl Joe's video has been a huge you know spotlight for your channel, and uh, you know I'm very I'm very happy for for you uh, to see you growing much more now too and um i hope there's more good things to come in the future for you too absolutely well thanks for having me guys thank you for listening to the player two podcast with sean and ian you can find us on twitch twitter and instagram at rng streams to keep up to date on new episodes support the show and submit ideas to discuss on future episodes music by aaron lennon voiceover by ian scott special thanks to our guests and supporters that make this possible 